Hello, everybody, and welcome to the keynote by CNBC Events. I'm Tyler Matheson. On this podcast, we bring you in-depth, candid conversations with executives, experts, and thought leaders. Today, you'll hear from Delta Airlines Chief Health Officer Dr. Henry Ting on his mission to keep the company's frontline workers healthy, both physically and mentally. He joined us at CNBC's Healthy Return Summit on March 30th, 2022, to talk about mask mandates, the initiatives he's spearheading to ensure the well-being of Delta employees, and the future of travel in a hopefully post-COVID world. He spoke with my colleague CNBC's auto and airline industry reporter, Phil LeBeau. Here's their conversation. I'd love to start with uh, the question that I think everybody has on their minds when it comes to the airlines right now. The mask mandate is supposed to come down on uh, April 18th. What's your gut say in terms of whether or not it comes down or if we see another extension uh, by the TSA along with the CDC and the White House? Thank you, Phil. It's a pleasure to be here with you today and your audience. Um, You're asking about the mask mandate, which has been extended till April 18th. Um, As we think about it, what what we do know is that the CDC, the TSA, and the White House are looking closely at this. We don't really know if this will come down on April 18th, but they certainly will provide a roadmap for us um, that it may come down on April 18th or shortly thereafter. If you think about the pandemic, um, we've always known from the beginning of the pandemic that all restrictions should be lifted as soon as it's safe to do so. And really, we're transitioning in, in this phase right now from a global pandemic to a seasonal respiratory virus. Um, and it's important to acknowledge that this transition is different for everyone. Um, people are at different points in that transition. Some of us are maybe still living with the pandemic, while others are living with the virus. Uh, but I do believe that this is getting close to the time, April 18th or shortly thereafter, that the mask mandate on airplanes and airports will be lifted. Dr. Zhang, I think a lot of people are frustrated with the mask mandate, not only because they want to take the masks off, but also because I'm not sure there's a whole lot of transparency or understanding about how these decisions are made. You probably interact more than anybody else with some of the folks at the CDC who are behind the science and and guiding the White House and the TSA. What kind of conversations are you having on a regular basis with the CDC, with the TSA, with the White House? And what kind of input are they looking for from you and others in the airline industry? Yeah, great question, Phil. Uh, My team is in regular conversations with the CDC, as well as the TSA, the White House COVID Task Force, as well as many of our medical advisors, and those include the Mayo Clinic and Emory Healthcare. Um, What the science does tell us, Phil, is that if you look at the CDC community risk map, 99% of America is in a lower moderate moderate risk situation where masking indoors is now optional and people can make a personal choice. Second, we know that throughout the two years of the pandemic, uh, with the mitigations we put on the planes, including the air ventilation, including the cleaning, uh, and also including masking, we've had few, if any, outbreaks or transmissions that could be attributed to a flight. And number three, I think the science is now showing us that Wearing a well-fitting mask, uh, such as the N95 or N95 equivalent, protects yourself. In fact, the science suggests that if you wear an N95 mask to protect yourself and no one else around you is wearing a mask, that's actually probably as safe, if not safer, than if everybody was wearing a poor-fitting surgical mask. So we do believe that the science would support this. In our conversation with the CDC, they're keeping a close eye on the BA.2 or stealth variant. 
um, and we're only about three months from the prior Omicron surge. They're also keeping a close eye on developments of vaccines for children under the age of five, as well as um, as we look forward to um, new vaccines coming online and really protecting the most vulnerable in our society, and those include the immunocompromised, right? 5% of America who may not respond to vaccines. But all of this, these developments will get us to a place where it's safe to lift the masks on the airplanes. Do you uh, have a sense from talking with the folks, folks at the CDC that they understand the frustration of the flying public, especially since almost anywhere else we go in America right now, masks are not required. And yet when you go into an airport or you go on a flight, you've got to have one on. Do, do you sense that they understand the frustration uh, that there are really two worlds right now? Yes, I, I do. I, I think the CDC has taken input from private industry, airlines, as well as scientists and their uh, committees. And they, they do realize that masking on airports and airplanes are probably the last area where there's still uh, required masking, right? Where the rest of America, and you can go to restaurants, churches, sports venues where masks are optional. This is really the last place where masks are still required. And they do also understand that our essential workers, our flight attendants, our crew, have been wearing masks for two years, as well as reminding everyone on the plane that this is a federal law and you need to wear your mask. This has been two years that's been very hard on our people. And this is the last area where I think the CDC is looking at when it's safe to have an exit ramp and lift the mask mandate. I want to talk about the point you just made there. The last two years have been hard on your people, really for anybody associated with the airline industry, whether they're in airports or flying and they're part of the, the crews that are on the planes. Uh, when you were named, I think a lot of people thought, OK, well, he's been brought in because of what's happening with uh, the coronavirus uh, and COVID-19. Um, but this is a job as chief health officer. You're really doing a lot more than just dealing specifically with the concerns about the virus. There's been a lot of stress over the last couple of years. Uh, has it been more than you expected? Uh, or is this what you thought as you saw things developing over the last couple of years? Yeah, great question, Phil. I joined Delta Airlines a little over a year ago um, and as our first uh, chief health officer and first for the airline industry. Um, and you're right. If you think about what my primary role was at that time was really to care for our people in the middle of a global pandemic. But as I pivot away from the global pandemic, our, my major focus as a C-level executive is really to care and serve our people. And that includes our employees and our customers. Um, if you think about most organizations have a CFO um, that enables and oversees financial strategies and financial performance. A chief health officer at Delta Airlines enables and helps oversee are caring and are serving for our people and their total well-being. And what I mean by total well-being, that means physical, emotional, financial, and social. At Delta Airlines, we believe that in order to achieve our business goals, the best patient experience, the best safety, and, and our financial performance, it really requires us to invest in our people's well-being. And that's what we're focused on here at Delta Airlines. Are workers burning out faster than uh, than what you would have seen in the past? Not just at Delta, but just I'm sure you talk with other health officers at other private companies. Are workers burning out faster? That's a great question. I, I, I think, uh, you know, 
you know, if you think about the last two years, um, it's impossible to get through the last two years with just grit or perseverance. You can't power through two years of uncertainty and ambiguity and where things were changing on a weekly basis. What it takes actually is resilience. And resilience means doing well when you shouldn't be doing well. And I think that's the root of the burnout. Um, and there's a lot of stress. And we're moving from a COVID global pandemic to I think a pandemic of stress and a lack of resilience. So at Delta Airlines, we feel it's critically important to refuel our employees' resilience tank. And we're doing that in many, many different ways. Um, and, and their emotional well-being and their resilience is critical to, for us to be successful. How, how are some of the ways that you're working on helping them with their resilience? You, you say you're, you're restoring their resilience tank. Uh, give me an example of, of ways in which you're doing that at Delta. Yeah, I, I think um, if you think about emotional well-being, um, and it, there's a spectrum, right? If emotional well-being is not just a yes-no phenomena. It's a continuous spectrum. It can start with burnout, anxiety, and stress, and can lead to a mental health crisis, and it can lead to even suicide. And that spectrum, we need to understand that people, all of us, have probably been somewhere on that spectrum at some time. And because of our resiliency and because of our network or social network, we get out of it. But people who get in that spectrum are at different points. And the most important thing to remember also is eliminating the stigma of mental health. Um, so as, as we have talked about it, we have done town halls, we've visited with our frontline teams, and we've really tried to eliminate the stigma of mental health in a way that, as a physician, I know that mental health is the same as cancer and heart disease. By that I mean you can't wish away your cancer and you can't wish away your heart disease, just like you can't wish away mental health crises. And thirdly, I think it's really asking people how they're doing. And it's not like I'm really tired and I'm looking for the weekend. It's really asking them how are you really doing and then planting your feet and listening. Um, so investing in our people's well-being includes resources, programs, town halls, living the stigma, and, and really, really understanding where are our people, meet them where they are, and, and providing them with the resources they need at that time. You mentioned uh, lifting the stigma that some people might feel uh, about reaching out for assistance when it comes to mental health issues. I think a number of people that I know, uh, not just in the airline industry, but in all industries, when I talk with them and they say, boy, I wish I could reach out, but they still feel like yeah. if I reach out for mental health assistance, somebody somewhere in the company is going to hear about it. I'm going to be shunned in some fashion or it's going to have repercussions. Obviously, that is not the case at Delta and at other companies. But are, is that still a tough barrier to overcome to convince people, yes, you can ask for help. There's not going to be any kind of blowback on you for doing so. Right. And what we've told our colleagues is that uh, it's like reaching out for heart disease or cancer or high blood pressure. Right. When you reach out for mental health, there are people here to help you. Further, going a step further, we're, we're uh, reaching out to our peer leaders and our leaders of people and really helping them understand when mental health crises can occur. And what we know is that actually they occur at times of change. Changes such as you have a new job, um, you have a change in your life, which is you have a new birth of a child, you have a death of a loved one, you're going through a divorce. Those are particularly vulnerable times for people and making sure that you're surrounding them with opportunities um, and, uh, and having the leaders know that you don't have to solve, 
everything for that colleague, but you have to know where the resources are in the organization. And we connect people to mental health providers, psychologists, social workers, to get them help at, at the, just the right time. One of the other things you mentioned that you're working on or, or focused on is making sure that the aspect of, of uh, employee health also involves the financial health, if you will, so that employees understand mm -hmm. the resources are there if they do not feel that financially their life is where it should be at this point. Talk about some of yeah. the, uh, the programs that you've developed or you've put in place to make sure that people understand health doesn't simply mean going to a doctor or reaching out to a mental health hotline, et cetera. Yeah, all of this is connected, right? Because you have a physical um, disease or you have a financial crisis. Those can lead to mental health or well-being, emotional well-being issues. There is a clear connection between physical, mental, financial, and social well-being. And our approach is to have a roadmap to invest in the total well-being of our people. And that includes all four aspects. You know, so in the, an investment we make to enhance health benefits or um, access to mental health is in the same way as making an investment in salary, um, profit sharing, um, and, and also making sure that our people have the financial literacy to understand here's an investment you can make in your retirement. Here's an investment you can make in your 401k. All of that is in the roadmap to invest in the total, total well-being of our people. Uh, as you know, we're in a, a bit of a crisis, labor crisis in this country. The airlines know it more than anybody else, hiring aggressively, mm -hmm. but you're also adding a lot of flights. Uh, there's great demand out there. And you've got workers, even though they're mandated by certain uh, restrictions in terms of how long their shifts are or, or how many legs they can fly in a particular uh, day, um, people are working harder than ever. Uh, are you feeling that impact as far as employees? Uh, are you noticing that physically this is a time to keep an eye on them to make sure that they don't feel like they're burning out. Absolutely. Um, you know, at Delta Airlines, we're in the midst of hiring 10,000 new colleagues. Um, and we're fortunate that we're able to be an employer of choice and people do want to work for Delta Airlines. But, um, you know, nearly 40% of our workforce is, are, is comprised of new leaders and acculturating them into our culture and values and purpose at Delta Airlines is critically important. And that's something our HR team, our pe uh, people teams, spend a lot of effort on to make sure that the meaning and purpose of work and it really gets into social well-being, right? Being the best version of yourself, Phil, at work, as well as at home, as well as uh, feeling a sense of belonging, that this is your colleagues and the purpose we're trying to serve here at Delta Airlines. Dr. Ting, when you were named uh, chief health officer, I had a couple of people say to me, well, why does an airline need a chief health officer? Uh, but I think people might be reassessing the fact that private industry uh, is incorporating more people in positions like yours. Have you heard from others mm -hmm. uh, at other corporations who have said, look, I just got uh, an opportunity with this particular company, or you notice that more companies are saying, we may have nothing to do with the health industry, uh, but we need a chief health officer? Absolutely. Um, if, if we're framing it as the C-level executive who is caring and serving for their people, enabling strategies and enabling people performance, just like a CFO enables financial performance. Uh, this is where the chief health or health and well-being officer comes into play. Um, you know, when I joined Delta Airlines, uh, this was uh, sort of new to me, um, but I, I do see that, um, that even though Delta Airlines does not provide health care or health care services, 
we are in the health and well-being industry if we're going to care and serve for our people. One last question for me, uh, Dr. Ting, and it has to do with just in general, when you go out and you fly, uh, do you notice that um, we're in an environment right now that is far different than a year ago uh, when the pandemic was uh, at, the, at its worst uh, and that people are, are doing a little bit better? Yeah, I know they want the masks off, but, but when you talk with Delta employees and when you see them on an airplane or in an airport, Absolutely. Um, you know, I've, uh, I've flown it just about every week throughout the last year during the pandemic, and I have seen a difference. First of all, uh, the airports are busy and there are longer lines. Second of all, um, you know, planes are typically 90 to 95 or 100 percent full. But I do see a returning consumer confidence to travel. And, you know, our domestic travel uh, is an, oh, over above what we had in 2019, but we are seeing the return of corporate travel as well as international travel as people gain more confidence that we are beyond the pandemic and we have the tools to manage any future variants and it's safe to do so. That was Delta Airlines Chief Health Officer Dr. Henry Ting. He joined us at CNBC's Healthy Returns Summit on March 30th, 2022. The keynote is produced by the CNBC events team. Don't forget to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can visit CNBCEvents.com to learn about upcoming events and how you can join us, and we'd love to see you there. I'm Tyler Matheson. Thanks for listening.